Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. So we did get props, John, recently for being sort of on top of things technically for having good audio production. Our qualities, our sound quality. This week may be the exception. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am broadcasting from the beautiful state of Nevada, Las Vegas, Sin City, drugs, prostitution, gambling. What can go wrong, right? And my uh, cohort here, Mr. John M. Craig from the beautiful state of New Jersey. We have not ever met in real life, but we are doing a podcast. How the fuck you doing, John? Colin, I'm good. Colin, I'm great. I'm great. Oh, my God, my keys are moving around. I'm in the house. I'm in my ex-wife's house. Nobody's home. I'm, you know, Normally, I'm in, in her pool house. But uh, the Wi-Fi is better in here. The only thing is that... Uh, you know, sitting at the dining room table, and that room was way too live, you know. And, uh, you know, since I'm not very professional and the stuff that comes out of my mouth is nonsense, I want us to sound good. So it's too live in there. Okay, and now so you, you're on the road, right? So yeah. you know, the way we just played the intro song was <laughs> Colin is on the road, so he didn't have the music with him. And I just picked up an old, um, this uh, Tivoli. Uh, radio. It's a little, they call it the PAL. It's this cool little rubber thing that's got a battery that no longer works. And I went with an aux cord, the adapter to my iPhone, went to SoundCloud, or not SoundCloud, what is that? Free Music Archives, doc, whatever. And uh, played the song while holding up the speaker to the, to the fucking thing. Yes, our walk-in music, the Impossibles, and yeah. the Get Up instrumental so yeah yeah, that works out pretty cool so where's where's the uh the extended family as it were you said uh, you're in the house and uh, we're actually recording this uh same day thing uh, monday morning for for me oh that sounded serious uh uh, kind of in the middle of the night for me because we're doing it uh, east coast time and we get the time difference and it's like uh the ass crack of dawn Uh, yeah before i'm sure there are people walking around right now in las vegas that are still looking at their watch and saying it's Sunday, but for you and I, it's Monday. Right. So this is very different for both of us. So, uh, you know, I'm in the uh, Eastern Standard Time Zone on the East Coast here in New Jersey. Colin is normally in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, mm-hmm. which is uh, Central Time. Uh, so for me, it is it is 8.20 a.m. This is the earliest we've ever recorded, I believe. I think we did like a Sunday yeah. afternoon thing. I'm not sure. So my head is in a totally different space. I mean, I've been awake since 3.45 a.m., Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a client to pick up. You know, I've been driving for this car service company. I picked up a client at uh, 5.20 a.m., drove them to Newark Airport, came back, was back home by 7 a.m., you know, saw saw my son Cameron. So this is the first member of the family. He was out the door walking to the bus stop. They were off from school last week for, uh, you know, Easter break, spring spring break, Easter break. So he was on his way to the bus. I walked uh, in the house. Kylie, my daughter, was uh, sitting. She goes to a different school. She's in middle school, not high school yet. Sitting at the dining room table, dressed, ready to go. Gave her an, av- an avocado. Asked her why she wasn't. Like, Kylie, when you're here and you're ready to go, check the dishwasher. Empty it out if it's clean. Load the dishwasher. Your mom works hard. 
Yeah, she and I don't like one another, but she works hard when she gets home. You know, I know that don't wait for her to send you a text with chores. Just do it. You know, she's just like, no, she's sitting on her phone playing Fortnite. Sure. So I made myself some breakfast. I'm here. It's great. And uh, and my ex-wife, of course, is at work. She must have she left after me uh, when I when I came in the house this morning at like four forty five, five o'clock to grab a banana and something quick to eat she was the lights were off her car was still in the driveway so so here i am uh sitting uh, in the living room with uh the good wi-fi the good wi-fi yeah so yeah. a friend of mine uh has listened to the show is like just commenting a little bit on 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 your situation he was saying it's kind of like i hear that it's kind of like they're they're in a marriage with an open relationship so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm going to ruin one of uh, my friend Corey Adams' jokes. So, you know, I've been talking to you about uh, uh, a Minnesota comedian named Corey um, Adam. And he uh, just came out with a record, and it was like number one in the iTunes store. And we are going to have him on the show. But uh, he had a joke that he was in a relationship, and uh, he – I hate when someone does someone else's joke. But it is a, it's a really good joke, I think. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I was in an open relationship with, with my girlfriend, and we broke up. And he's like, now it's like being in a more open relationship. <laughs> it's a really – he has a few good ones. So uh, – yeah, I've been in one of those open relationships. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I don't really like it. Yeah, she closed it once when I went traveling. I've told you that. Yeah, you did. But yeah. uh, it, was, it was funny for me hearing that about your current situation. I was like, uh, yeah, because you know. Who well, it, it well you know it is. It's I suppose in some ways it's like an open relationship, but nobody wants to. It's kind of like a don't don't ask, don't tell kind of deal. Like yes. she doesn't want to know anything. Right. And I mean, I am prohibited from having a guest in the pool house. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I wanted to start like a little workout group. Yeah, I've been working out a lot. I've been working out to uh, beach body workouts, T, Sean T, T25. And, uh, and Cam, my, even my son Cameron worked out with me last night. It was great. It, it was hard to get him to work out, but he's being a clown. He was being so clowny. And then he got into it, and then he was doing it. And so, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about having a, like a little ladies group, you know. I think that's great, a good yeah. way. Like you get other, like. Other moms, well, I'm not a mom, but you get other people and be like, we're just working yeah. out. Mm -hmm. And then you boom. Do, yeah. Yeah. You could do the, uh, I was going to say, kind of like the, uh, like a yoga ish thing, because that seems to be a, a big uh, attracting factor now. The yoga with goats. I saw something about that. I did. never. <laughs> yeah. um, and you got the Russell Brand hair thing going on, and, and the, which kind of fits, kind of, kind of goes with the whole persona that you know that stereotypical what's the yoga instructor look like well he looks like you know russell yeah. brands got the got the uh the man bun yeah and 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 then you know the the more like i don't give a shit the more wild my hair gets coming out of the man bun you know just like kind of getting like but that's in some way sort of twisted and hot and some creepy way <laughs> although i don't have a yoga body yet i'm, I'm not even close so yeah yeah, and uh, this weekend, uh, Kylie, my daughter, 13, not 14 yet, uh, she gave me constructive criticism. Uh, it's a thing, apparently. Sure. Um, we were shopping, and um, I was I was checking out, and I was talking to the cashiers. Now, keep in mind, I had been awake since 1 a.m. Saturday morning. Sure. I was exhausted, and I had an early pickup, like a... It may have been like a 4.20 a.m. pickup, for real. You know, you're out there, 4.20. And, and 
now it's it's middle middle of uh, late afternoon, maybe maybe about three thirty four o'clock, and I'm wearing my uniform, you know, my my like elf like puma sneakers that no one's ever seen before, my not so skinny jeans. I'm not so skinny in these skinny jeans, button down shirt, a blazer, messy man bun, Warby Parker glasses, and. After I interacted with the, the cashier, young kids, like 20-something, like, you know, 1920, Kylie said, Dad, if seriously, if I didn't know you, I would think you're like a homeless person and kind of off. <laughs> uh, funny. And then I, I just shot her a look. Now, internally, I think this is hysterical. I think it's brilliant, right? Like, And then she starts doing an impression. She's like, well, she's like, no, no offense. I don't mean to, like, I'm just saying, like, you really... Like, the only thing that makes you normal is that you're with your daughter. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, well, but she's looking older now, so people might not think she's daughter, so it might add to the fucked up creepiness of it, you know? It's just like, I know that she's my daughter. She knows that she's my daughter. You know, I would never be with this guy if he were not my dad. And and then, and she's like, and she's doing this impression, just like, huh, huh, uh, 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 like, I'm like, God, I'm just, I can't. So she and then she she she's like, well, you don't really look homeless. It's just the whole everything. I'm like, thanks, Kylie. <laughs> Thank you so much. She she thinks you need to uh, conform more with whatever either her idea of of normal is uh, something bought from the mall, or uh, yeah, or or uh, dad normal, whatever that. I don't be. know that it's dad normal or conforming necessarily. I think it's just she. I think she wants me to reel it in. I think she wants me to like not share so much and and not talk to people so much and like well, just kind of dial yeah. it back the whole i she's in a middle school so i mean middle school i saw this uh, quote the other day that said something about middle school is really all middle school is for the most part is just uh, it's a sorting operation it's where where the children are sorted in middle school we, we mm-hmm. try to decide which direction we're going to try to push them or or they decide probably even more more aptly they decided on their own which uh, which direction they're heading and friends change and a lot of things right. in yeah. middle school switch around she, so yeah, don't, she, don't embarrass me is what i'm saying don't embarrass yeah, me for yeah. sure you know and it, it, so it, I, I, she amuses the hell out of me, and, I, and I'm totally cool with it. And I'm and I'm okay with her saying that to me and about me. And I have mixed feelings when she, the minute she sees her mom, she runs over and tells her mom this story, you know, about me. And her mom's laughing. It's like yeah, you're laughing at me. Okay, why don't you just point yes. from the corner and be like, I know you're talking about me. We're not talking about you. You're so talking about me. They were talking about me. So. so we should get a T-shirt made with the with the somehow with the, with the logo. I was going to say the station logo, but <laughs> uh, yeah, not exactly the station. Uh, so, uh, what, so the, the network, Colin, the, the, the ne- fucking yeah. network, the unbecoming of age network, <laughs> the uh, five dollar logo that I created. Okay, so anyway, um, we'll, we'll get the logo, and then we'll get one word put on there, which is heterodox. Heterodox. H e t e r o dox heterodox because that was my i guess my learning opportunity this week was around the word sort of one of them but uh, around the word heterodox so uh somebody on twitter asked one of our twitter followers uh actually and said um they're they're just throwing out a question saying saying uh do you know any podcasts or what is your most heterodoxical podcast and then that she came back and said it was unbecoming of age and i was like looking at that word and i just stared at it and i was like heterodox 
heterodoxical, heterodox. I seriously had no fucking idea what the hell they were saying. And I was Me in my neither. mind, in my mind's eye, <laughs> for some reason, I, 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 and I have nothing to base this on other than the word heterodox. I thought this is some British fucking guy that's asking this question. <laughs> He's got to be because you know heterodox. So I, I looked. Wait it a up. second. We had two listeners on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. No, we have. We, wait, I got, wait, I'm sorry. So there's a possibly in your mind a British guy who poses yeah. the question. Yes. We have we have we have a female listener. We do. Yeah. <laughs> you sure? I'm <laughs> thinking it's a dude. It's a dude, and he's trolling. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we do have a female. Listener. Okay, and she yeah. responds saying, "My most heterodoxical heterodox podcast is this one." She said, I think her quote was, and I'm paraphrasing here, I could look it up, but uh, nice. her, her quote was, uh, on becoming of age, uh, it, these guys are odd, but it's... They're, but they're funny and entertaining, which gets back to your to your Kylie conversation. Yeah, we're uh -huh. odd. So heterodox. I had to look it up. Heterodoxical means we're non-conforming to the accepted uh, orthodox beliefs or standards. So you know, you you you, you got to fit in a little more. That's what that's what your daughter's saying. Quit being so heterodoxical. Now, if you put that, see, I thought when I saw heterodox, I thought it was something sexual. I so, you know what? I, I did too. I thought it was a gender thing, especially nowadays with the sensitivity to um, everything. I just yes. figured it was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a, a negative. Like, to me, I'm cool with that. I'm, I am so heterodox. And I think it's more like, if I would have been like, yo, we're more like heterodicks. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us, two asshole heterodicks. Yeah, you're on the dating site, so you could actually start listing that in your profile. You could say uh, heterodox, and then. <laughs> By the way, I've I've been I've been contemplating redoing my entire fucking profile. Right, told my entire profile, every picture, hair in a bun, down, because a lot of women are like, no man buns, only one of us can wear, you know, whatever, like shit like that. I don't give a fuck. Rule yourself yeah. out. Just don't swipe right for me. And I figured, real picture, exactly what I look like, homeless fucking hipster dad. And uh, and then, right, you know, 40, you know, 46 years old, had a stroke, um, just moved into his ex-wife's pool house, you know, car service, Uber, Lyft, deliver for Amazon, gig economy, yo, like just full on, straight up honest, everything. Yeah. No, like no, where it almost looks like it's a parody, but it's not. It's just like every deal breaker Boom, right there. It's kind of the George Costanza thing where he just, you know, uh, tell the truth. Just, and heterodox. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like, like hetero, it. Uh, yeah, I like heterodox because it's, it's got ambiguity. It's, it's got sort of a, a hidden meaning or, or it's going to make somebody go, huh? Which I think always in advertising, some element of that seems to work pretty well. So uh, heterodox, that could be right on the front or somewhere uh, located on the shirt on there or whatever it is. The, I'm the, digging it. The, the advertising piece. I yeah. like it. Although you don't wear, you said uh, we were having this conversation offline. You don't, uh, you're not a t-shirt guy. You don't have a lot of t-shirts that you wear that you okay. actually wear. Okay, you're absolutely right. I'm so much not a t-shirt guy that every year um, my family, we do a 5K fundraiser for multiple myeloma. So my dad's sister, my Aunt Dorothy, passed away in 1988. Um I think it was 1980. What was the year that the Redskins won the the thing? Not that this matters, but I'm curious. Doug Williams was the quarterback, the black quarterback that won the championship. I think it was 80, 
88. About then. That. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, so so anyway, so we're coming up on uh, either 29 or 30 years, depending on what year it was. And uh, she, she passed away at the age of 37. She has three children. It was really tough. And and um, for the, like the last six years or so, we do this 5K fundraiser. It brings the family together. And every year, uh, my cousins make up a T-shirt. And it has my Aunt Dorothy's name. Uh, it's usually a Ramones logo. But it says Dorothy, and then it has what would have been her four grandchildren's names on it. And it's a nice T-shirt, and I like it, and I wear it to work out. And my cousin asked me, do you want to buy the shirts for you, Cameron and Kylie? And I wrote back, no, because I think I don't need any more T-shirts. No. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of days go by, and then my cousin Mark says, what, what, what kind of shirts do you want? Like, what do you mean? I said, but I thought it wasn't like I, I asked. Is it mandatory? She's like, no. But we want everyone to wear the same shirts. He's like, we'll buy the shirts for you. And then it's like, I don't want you to buy my shirts for me. It's like I just don't want to spend money on something for another T-shirt that I want. So I don't know yeah. if a, a mug, maybe a bumper sticker or a magnet. Oh, I can't put that because I do car coffee, service. I can't have mark. that. You can get a coffee mug. Get a coffee mug. <laughs> you know what? If it looks good, I'm going to just get it tattooed on my forehead. Heterodox. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, heterodox. And so you said two things there that didn't seem like they would fit on a on a shirt together. Which one is the name Dorothy, and then the other one was Ramones. Somehow Dorothy Ramones didn't. I was like, I, well, it doesn't say the Ramones on it, but it is the Ramones logo design. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like so that, that's take, circular. I, I, if you saw it, you'd know what it is. It's stolen from that. That whole it's thing. it's or, stolen, right? The entire borrowed. design. It's borrowed. It's, it's, it's for yeah. It's raising for money to fight multiple, cancer. Myeloma. Multiple myeloma. Is that how you say it? Myeloma. M-Y-E-L-O-M-A, I believe. See, I thought that she had had bone cancer, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I I should know more about it, but I just run 3.2 miles, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. 3.1 on the 5K. Yeah. So uh, multiple, I always wonder about this when I hear this, when they have these diseases, multiple, blah, blah, blah. So multiple, I wonder, is there a singular or singular normal? I don't know. You probably don't know either. Heteroloma. Singular (laughs) myeloma. I know. Yeah, that might be something you could add, yeah, to the uh, to the description. But I, I don't know. So you could say you're in a, in an open relationship with your ex wife uh, as a part of the description. <laughs> you're living in the pool house. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot know. there that's that works works well. I think. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much here, and it's constant. It's 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 kind of always. There's always something, you know. Uh, so, but right. I've been so busy that I've been out of the house a lot. I've been, you know, I get up early. I. I have rides throughout the day. Sometimes I'm working late. You know, I was a complete zombie the day that Kylie called me a uh, homeless person who's off. She didn't call me that, but, you know, alluded to it. I would imagine that here in Las Vegas, no matter what you were wearing or how you were acting, you would be, you'd fit in well. You see a lot of strange cats. Uh, Yeah, I could live in, I could end up living in Vegas and pass. And people would be like, that dude, you see that dude? He's the most normal dude here. He he's crazy. Have, yeah, he doesn't have heterodox tattooed on his forehead, but he's <laughs> only because he's uh, homeless and he can't afford it. Or <laughs> you see, uh, man, more shit. I was walking around yesterday, and I was like, it just it's just you look at something and you think that is fucking weird, and then you you know walk a few feet and you see something else and go, it wasn't as weird as this is. So yeah, so it's just 
Yeah. So you got into Vegas yesterday. So what brings you into town? Why why are you in Vegas? Well, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up. I uh, am not here to gamble and uh, have fun. Hopefully, I will have a little bit of fun. But the uh, this is the uh, week of the National Association of Broadcasters annual HUA big thing that goes on at the Las Vegas uh, Convention Center, and it's the from what I understand the second largest uh, trade show that hits Las Vegas every year. The first being the uh, CES Consumer Electronics Show, and then uh, this is uh, right behind that. So Las Vegas right now is full of tv people and tv people i was thinking about you a little bit last night because uh, I, even the guys in tv that that uh the ones that don't wear a full-on suit like 24 7 even in las vegas because i don't know what why are you doing that it's sunday it's you're, you're not going to any fucking meetings or doing much of anything but you're still walking around with a goddamn suit on uh, i see them all over but um at the it seems like most of them if they really want to totally dress down they're they're still they've got the sport jacket they've they still brought along at least a jacket so they, they can't you know tennis shoes flip-flops <laughs> shorts no no so anyway uh, the week will be spent uh, talking to broadcasters, doing doing a lot of anything that has anything to do with television, the tele- television industry, anything that would be bought or sold to a TV station, uh, which is uh, you know vast myriad of stuff there between you got equipment and uh, services, uh, anything that they would buy around the station, all the way to. Um, you know, just network programming and all that goes along with that. So this morning, uh, there's some sort of a the kickoff thing. They've got uh, Robin Roberts from ABC Television, I think, is going to be the uh, keynote for that. So um, Now, do you guys have a booth? We do have a full-on booth. What we, size? What size is your booth? Uh, I would say it's like probably, I, I don't have the exact dimensions, but I did see, I see it last night. I, I had to kind of go through and eyeball it, but it was, it's probably, uh, it's 35 by 35 ish. That's a nice size. Now. Yeah. And it's uh, at the highest part of it. It's probably 25 feet high, maybe, or 20 feet high, the highest part of it. So Did Freeman, did Freeman build it out for you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, about, you, that cost yeah. a stupid amount of money. Yeah, you can't touch anything. In fact, last night I walked out with a uh, with an empty cardboard box, and I was just walking out with that, and they mm-hmm. give me the stink eye walking around with this because I've got a box in my hand. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to say, you know, fuck you, it's empty, but then yeah. I don't want to get you know these free men, these uh, labor guys that bury people under you know whatever. I didn't want I didn't want yeah. to cause you know, yeah. Well. You know how much yeah. it would have cost to, to to take that if if someone from Freeman. Uh, took that empty box out of there. They put it on a forklift. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Boom. What's that? You know. Yeah, yeah. I, they don't do anything for less box than two fifty. Transportation. And you know, America needs uh, some union stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. that the unions have. Uh, I, I grew up. My father was in the union, and the uh, he worked for the uh, Great Northern Railroad, and uh, so we were a, a quote unquote union family. Uh, but that said, I look at a lot of things now, and I think the unions kind of fuck things up. But I, I do understand with with this Freeman stuff that that would probably be a a perfect means by which for uh, any uh, anybody to get screwed because you know you're just toting shit around and waiting. There's a lot of just they do a lot of standing around and uh, you know just because they they got to get shit from point A to point B before they can actually do their job. So I understand where that's coming from. Las Vegas is. 
uh, it is so, uh, you know, there's, there's people from every, you know, as far as the help, I'm talking about the people working in casinos. It seems like there's a lot of people from a lot of different countries. There's a lot of, uh, quote unquote, immigrants, whatever that means. I don't know where they're from. But uh, everybody that's here and is working to support this god-awful fucking monstrosity of, <laughs> of humanity, I, I give them nothing but uh, credit. And I, I hope they at least get some, some money out of the deal, some, some way, some some form some shape and i think most of them are probably getting screwed in the end but because uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a tough city to live in i think for for the people that live here so yeah so so you've got okay so you get into you got into town uh on sunday yesterday right yeah yesterday about noon so what is that just a prep day kind of settle in sort of walk through the space check your booth that kind of thing take out the box that why are you taking food out of some fucking freeman laborers mouth <laughs> You know, like well, we, a family, you know? Yeah. We have a little closet thing with the, the, with the booth where we store, you know, all the oh, that's bottled, nice. water, water, bottled water and stuff like that. So you can hide your, your shit that you know, shouldn't be out that's of the cool. floor. And that, uh, once they got everything out of that, that box was in that closet. And it was just too big to get in and out of there. So I ended up carrying this big-ass box uh, back. And uh, I should mention that uh, I carried this box back after I had, uh, I had gone down the, the uh, street and had visited the guys at the dispensary. And... Uh, the dispensary meaning the uh, marijuana marijuana oh, nice yes, so the cannabis so i went down and, uh and that was that was this is different than the okay when i was in denver you walk in it's like the apple store um and uh, this was different than that uh in in vegas you walked in they had like a reception area that was like it felt like a, kind of like a doctor's office and they ask you coming in do you uh do you want uh medical or re- re- recreational i guess or wait you, know, you can get medical like even if you're from out of town if you have a medical card, oh, I think, okay. or, or, or you can probably buy the medical. I didn't ask him. I should have asked more questions. Um, but um, I was a little, a little bit rattled, uh, honestly, going into the place because I, I, when I was going towards the, the door, I was, I was about a block, uh, a long block away from where this place is from the hotel. Uh, I, I. I I gave eye contact to this this homeless fucking guy, and uh, so he's right away. He's like he's fairly aggressive, but he's over you know telling me, yeah, yeah, I know you're not the kind of person. He had a he had a really good opening line. He had a, he had uh-huh. a great fucking opening mm-hmm. line. He said, I know you're not the kind of person that thinks poorly of the homeless. I think is what he said. <laughs> By the way, Colin, that wasn't a homeless guy. That was me. <laughs> I, was, I was in Vegas for the weekend. The whole thing about my daughter. Just, well, if you're, if you're, we've if you're never about, met, so you didn't know. But if you're about seventy and you're black and you have no no teeth, uh, no front teeth. Anyway, it took yeah, a no. long time to get into character. It took a long. I know you hadn't met me, but I, I know you've seen a picture or two. So um, yeah, if you're Morgan so, Freeman with your teeth kicked in. So this guy, where was the guy situated exactly? Was he right okay. outside of the place? So, so there's a sub. There's a, on this. It's like in a strip mall. There's a subway on the corner, and mm-hmm. then there's the dispensaries next to it and he was kind of around the corner by the subway and I said kind of had to go around him and I like I, I shouldn't have even gl- looked at his glanced in his direction I know better uh, you know in Vegas is is full of you know you, you go 20 feet and there's somebody with uh, something you know trying to you know, street panhandlers that kind of thing but they're, they're not like if you go to California they're they're pretty aggressive they you know people are uh, they try to get up in your face a little bit more about trying to uh, get you to to give money but um, no it's, it's pretty chill for the most part but I, I looked at this guy gave him too much too much eye contact so then uh he can then he, get, he puts the knuckles out wants to do the knuckle bump so i ended up <laughs> i ended up doing the knuckle bump and then he 
he's like, you know, uh, you going into this? But he asked me, you, you going into the dispensary? I goes, yeah, I am. And he goes, uh, he goes, if you can't help me out with money, could you at least help me out with a little weed? <laughs> so he wants me to go in and with my own fucking money buy buy weed and uh, come out and give him some because I'm what am I going to do? Stand out there and share it with him or what the fuck? I'm like, nah, dude, that's not happening. So I ended up not giving him shit for a second there. I was going to give him a couple bucks, and I thought, again, we talked about this on the last show about you know carrying around the wad. So do I want to pull out the wad and try to peel off the you know a couple ones on the outside and then uh, get away from this dude? He, I don't think he was a physical threat or anything, but uh, you know, it's just I was having way too much interaction with a homeless fucking guy that was trying to you know hit me up here, and I, was, I, and I, I did a little look around, a double kind of over the shoulder thing, like trying to make sure I knew exactly where I was at or he didn't have anybody else with him. Mm-hmm. But it was it was well lit. You know. <laughs> was was this yesterday? Yeah, this was uh, okay. Well, yeah. If if I had interacted with that guy, I would still be talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> and Kylie'd be going, "Come on, Dad, quit being so heterodoxical." Yeah. and then and then that guy becomes replaces me. We switch places like an old school Freaky Friday Disney movie, and then he becomes Kylie's dad. But he yeah, looks like, like me, but he's him, and I'm yeah. that guy. It could start with with uh, your your jacket. He'd be like, "Hey, I like that jacket. <laughs> really, you want it? <laughs> Did you purell your 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 knuckles? I'm just uh, I, I, good point. I haven't, but no, uh, not yet. So I, don't I the, don't yeah, do anything go, with those knuckles. <laughs> I go into yeah, I go into the dispensary mm-hmm. and they've got the waiting area, and uh, so it's kind of felt like the doctor's office. And uh, there were people that were filling out forms. I thought, what are they filling out forms? What the fuck is right. that? And then I realized these were there were some people that are applying for jobs, and I. Don't you think everybody in Las Vegas is trying to be a bud tender? Uh, <laughs> I I don't like that expression at all. I really it really <laughs> bothers me for some bud reason. Bud tender. Bud tender. It's I mean I guess it can catch on. It's very yeah. Is that a real thing? They don't really call them that, do they? Oh yeah, that's that's the job description. Really, bud tender. Yeah, that's oh. what they call it. And they have people that work. Uh, as I understand it, I don't know what they call those people, but like you can work behind the scenes and just uh, you know. Uh, basically to take the plant and pull the know, seeds and pull the seeds and, and all that, that stuff yeah right. yeah and I, and I guess they pull the seeds because uh, you know they don't smoke and you can't do much with it and people don't want to pay extra for it but I would think that the the people that want to grow it they would want to get their seed maybe that's part part of the reason why they take the seed mm-hmm. out of there too because it's the highly advanced strains I got the um, I got the uh, uh, what is it Deadhead OG, which uh, is a uh, the Deadhead OG, which is a uh, a hybrid, which has got a little more of a sativa lean, is what the guy told me. <laughs> sativa so, lean, oh my god, it's like it's yeah. like it's like that movie Sideways with the uh, the wine with uh, you know yeah. Paul Giamatti. It's like it's got a little bit of lean. Well, there's, there's, that's, it is a lot like that because you've got the the wine snobs came along and you got the beer snobs that are out there trying to just you know give you these crazy fucking descriptions of something that is just beer, god damn it. Um, so uh, yeah, you, you, so you go from the waiting room, they they call you uh, and then they didn't take my name or anything, but uh, you know, uh, it's a guy in the blue shirt. <laughs> so you were like, you were you were guy in the blue shirt. I was guy in the blue shirt, okay. and so I'm expecting I don't know what because this has such a doctor office front front of office feel. I don't know what I'm walking to, and when I walked to the back, it had more of a traditional head shop sort of feel to it. They had a big glass case uh, with all the bud, all the stony bud was out in the case, and uh, and then they had a lot of. Uh, of accoutrements on the on the you know behind it's kind of like you're looking at like you're in a bar like at a at a tavern or bar that kind of thing and on the back bar was all the i guess the uh 
you know, the electronic devices and all the shit that you can use now for vaping and, and whatnot. And when you do walk around, I noticed that yesterday when I was walking around, before I had been to the dispensary, you, you can smell a lot of, a lot of cannabis in hmm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't go, you can't walk very far in any public setting where you're, you're not smelling cannabis. And I think there's a lot of vaping going on. I went yesterday, uh, during the day, uh, I was at the, uh, well, I'm staying at the Westgate which is the uh, formerly known as the Las Vegas Hilton. It hasn't been the Hilton for quite a while, but uh, for like at least uh, five, six years. But uh, anyway, they've got a big sports book here uh, and one of the bigger ones in Las Vegas. So you walk into this giant fucking room that you go into and it's TV monitors. Uh, and when I say giant, it's, it's, it's about football field side-ish and one whole wall of this thing is just huge TVs. And then they've got, um, there's like these recliners that are... Uh, up and down the whole place uh, mm-hmm. three or four rows of these recliners and so once you bet you can sit down on the recliner and watch and see how your bet plays out and the window right. betting windows underneath the giant tvs but uh, anyway so that place yesterday was just packed packed because of the master masters golf. yes yes yeah and i had no idea that people bet on golf mm-hmm. and <laughs> they do yeah as a matter of fact that the 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 golf world is so because I've you know I've done this stuff with uh, my friend Ray the golf swing shirt and have been to the last PGA PGA merchandise show down at the Orlando Convention Center. Um, right. They don't really the, like the Golf Channel, which is owned by NBC. Like they don't really do fantasy golf, but there are plenty of people that do fantasy golf, and it's a huge missed opportunity for them. As a matter of fact, the Masters only has three female members. Now, granted, it's only three hundred. It's it, whatever it is. It's it, I think or four members. Like it's just uh, uh, around one percent, and that's new. And then next year they're doing like a uh, what do you call it? Um, thing and so it's like they're missing opportunities but you you, you don't re- if you don't pay attention to it you don't realize how big money it is those advertisers you know you're talking like you know luxury car companies that are advertising and they're selling cars you know i, yeah. I, I think i may have told you that uh, we were um our booth this past january was across from some high-end massage chair right like yes, it's one of those massage chairs that it looks yeah it looks like um the, there was one that was red and black that kind of looked like something yeah. off of a Star Trek series and kind of like the chair on the NBC uh, vo- you know vocal singing show The Voice like yeah but right, right, but right, you yeah. you I don't care how big how tall you are you sink into this thing and then it engulfs you and there are things inside that chair that are touching you in places you didn't know existed and you feel like you've been <laughs> ab- you know abused by this chair there were people that were buying that just would pull out like a you know american express black you know a gold card just boom buy like there was one guy that bought two of them on the last day he bought and one are, for him and one for his friend you're like they're what? worth they're about seven grand seven fucking seven grand, grand. i've yeah. seen them i've seen them in car when you go to costco when, sure. when i mm-hmm. when i saw the demo and they have a demo person at costco and they do this and i thought if they can hire somebody just to stand there all day by those chairs and give the sales pitch they, they've, they've got to be worth you know I, I wouldn't have maybe gone seven yeah. grand but yeah, the dude, the dude uh, that was running the booth, he was one of the ones that decided that we should go to the golf merchandise show, and he right. made a good go. And he's, I think he's based out of Atlanta, and and then he's got like regional people that sell the chairs. And I don't know what kind of commission they make, but you know, even yeah. if it's you know, listen, even if it's five percent, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. 
right? And I don't know that yeah. it's, I don't remember what the number was. I think I asked them questions like that, but holy shit, it's like. Yeah. So golf, yeah, golf is, it's no joke. And they're betting. And they're yeah. betting on it, yeah. And I mean, and I don't know what the odds are because, I mean, the guy that won, I think it was his first um, major. And that's a big, that's the biggest major to win. Yeah, and I, I don't know either, but I think that uh, when they're making these bets, apparently they're they're based on. Uh, I think you maybe bet on a certain player to get like an eagle or or a, a, a you know some sort of uh, score on. I don't know how they do it all, but there were spots. There were times where uh, there were people that seemed to be cheering about shit that I was like looking around, going, well, "Why? Why? What? How is going on here? What did I miss? Right. What did I, I didn't see anything. Was, I, you know, but I could definitely in that big space even yesterday walking around where there's no hiding. I think there you, you can smoke cigarettes in there, so mm. I think people have these vaping devices set up that uh, have the uh, have the cannabis in them. So it's yeah, it's pretty much fucking everywhere. So I got into the. Uh, into there last night when I when I get into the when I, I didn't know what to expect going through to the back I thought maybe they're going to put me in a, like an actual like a you know when you see the doctor you go into the little room and you sit on the table I was kind of yeah. hoping it was going to it was going to be like that because it was uh, that kind of a vibe but when I got to the back the the guy. Uh, who was was my uh, my bud tender? He was he was great. He was really I, I thought he was he was awesome. But he, uh, he asked a lot of good questions. Had a great attitude. He was, he was probably you know, he was probably baked. But uh, he had but although he didn't look if he was uh, if he was uh, uh, under the effects of his own of his own product, it was something that didn't make him look hazy at all. He was mm-hmm. he, he he was bright. He was he was a uh, he was a uh, real communicative guy. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he asked a lot of the right questions. Then we get all the way to the end, and uh, he's like. Uh, uh, he, 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 he said, are you from around here? I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm from out of town. I'm at a convention. And uh, he said, well, where are you from? I said, I'm from, I'm from Iowa. And he goes, Iowa. He's like, are you? He's, he's, turns out his whole family is from Iowa. His, uh, uh, He's got relatives still that in a town fairly close to where I live that have a uh, some sort of a construction company, and so we. Uh, and he said, "I was." He said, "You're the only person since I've been working in here." And I didn't ask him how long he'd, he'd been there, but he said, "You're the only person uh, since I've been working here that has uh, come in from Iowa." So I don't. I guess we're not as, as represented as we should be in uh, Las Vegas uh, cannabis dispensary. So, so I started telling this. I go down there and I get I got a, a couple of of, uh, of rolled joints. Uh, they had a name for that. I can't remember what he called it, but um, Lucy's. Uh, I have no, no idea. No, no, no. That's the stick. That's the cigarette thing. Right. But anyway, yeah, so I got a couple of those, and uh, on the way, uh, the, so there's a long block uh, from the, this dispensary back to the uh, convention center uh, where I'm staying, and so on that long block, I. Uh, I lit it lit up and uh, I, I took a couple of big hits and then I snuffed out the, the joint and put it back in the little plastic container thing that it came with so mm-hmm. um, and I'm thinking I, I was thinking in, immediately that as I was walking along this shit doesn't work this and it was supposed to be 28 percent 28 I don't know what that means 28 percent I don't know yeah, that's high. He said it's it's a good one. So okay. 28%, whatever the THC. And I'm th- taking the two big hits, and I'm like, God damn it. I was like thinking, this, this I don't know. I, I, th- I was kind of trying to blame it on the joint thing that I had because mm-hmm. it really seemed like he had to really suck hard to get through that. But uh, I took the two hits, and uh, by the time I got to the hotel, which is another half a block, maybe so give it 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> what time holy of day fuck. was that? Uh, that was uh, at about... Eight o'clock last night, something like that. Eight, eight or nine o'clock. Oh, that That's would have been the time that we would have. Re- I wish we had recorded last night. Yeah, because yeah. it was too late for me because I, I didn't want to record it. Like, 
10 30 11 o'clock my time yeah you know but so, it would have been fantastic if you were a little bit in your head and yeah like body relaxed and just sort of like <laughs> sativa forward man yeah it would have been heterodoxical so but, did uh, you interact with people what'd you end up doing oh yeah well i uh so i i did that i came up to came up to my room and then i got a uh actually a, a text from uh, my my boss was saying there was a this box down there and could i go down and get it and so i was like yeah sure i texted back said sure and then i'm thinking oh this is going to be fun but uh <laughs> so this uh, is the 250 dollars empty freeman box yes exactly okay. so I yeah so I, I slept down there and, and from where I'm at to to get over there you, I've got to go down okay an elevator that then the elevators are really have been uh, wonky since I got here when, when you push the your floor and you're waiting for the elevator to go down there's this long extended period where everybody in the elevator feels like oh this thing isn't working isn't not going to work I don't understand what's going on so somebody always pushes a little button to make the doors go closed and when you do that it makes it go. <clears throat> And then the elevator yep. doesn't want to go down. <laughs> so they got that going on, and I, and I am on the elevator with this. Uh, with the, the, she was the female equivalent of John Michael Craig. She was talking and talking. She was. She just. She was. There was a conversation going on with her and everybody that was in the in the elevator, and so I was the uh, I was the uh, last person on the elevator with her because this took so fucking long. It was ridiculous, but um, so I ended up having a conversation with her, and it was was like it, it, she was going a hundred miles an hour, and. Uh, it was uh i was i was enjoying that she's an attractive woman uh and she's like early 20s so you know it was it was it was fun and then i get out of there so from where i've got to go it's a really long i've got to go through a like a shopping area in in the all the casinos have these like mini mall type things so i got to go through the shopping area and then i've got to uh there's a main you know like the check-in area which is huge got to go through that all the people that are there and there's a few restaurants and all that stuff then i got to go through a casino and out the back side of the casino through through part of a convention hall, I got to actually leave outside, and then I've got to show my credentials to the. the, the it wasn't a Freeman, but some, you know, the, the, the rent a cop guy that's mm-hmm. there, and so I got to show my credentials to get in. Then I got to go in and get my stuff and get out, and so and then this box is pretty good size. It's it's uh, I don't know it's like. Uh, four no not four it's probably three by three by three mm-hmm. cube thing, things mm-hmm. it's pretty good size and it's got i'm thinking it's empty when i get there and it's got to be um you know i can bro- i can break it down i'll carry it flat but then i look inside and there's all this packing material and shit and i'm like does she want to save all this fucking packing material i'm having this conversation with myself and i'm baked so i'm like oh god i don't you know what do i do you know and i'm like fuck it i'll take it with me so i fold the box up and trying to get you know where you do the fold over corner thing with the boxes um I, at first, I looked at that, and I was so confused when I looked at it. I thought, I don't even know if I can figure this out because uh, it was baked. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. All of a sudden, I, w- I just went like Jedi. went, and it was like I did it like immediately. And I was like, why, why was that so hard? You know, that was easy. Jesus. So I pick up the box, and it's heavier than I want it to be, and it's really fucking awkward, and I've got to walk all the way back here now. Okay, so by now the 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 window of time where i'm thinking it's not working has has moved into the uh, a new window which is I wish it wasn't working <laughs> quite so well, uh, but I've got this big fucking box, and I realized yeah, you know, nobody's paying any attention to me. But you tell yourself that that nobody's paying any attention to you, but it's it's kind of hard to convince yourself that you know that everybody in the whole fucking hotel is not turning around and looking at me struggling with this box and uh, finding my way back. And I and I was coming back. I thought, God, just don't get lost because you, you go in and out of these casinos sometimes, and if you aren't paying exact, and they do that on purpose, obviously when they do. Design these things. If you're not paying 
exact attention to where you're going. It's real easy sometimes to go around a corner and go, where the fuck am I? Well, if you can do that and you're not baked, it's kind of easy sometimes to walk around the corner and go, holy shit. <laughs> you, you know, that story that you just told is how some guys travel to Vegas for work, go to the convention center, and then it's like they've got a wife, they've got two kids, and they never come home again. Not because they're having the time <laughs> of their life, just because it'd be like they're just stone, and it's just like you know, you know what uh, what goes to Vegas sometimes stays in Vegas, and uh, you could be that guy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad you made it out because I personally would have given up. I once I was going through the mall, it would have been sensory overload. I would have turned around. I would have talked to my 70 year old black homeless guy. I would have been like, "Yo, you want the rest of this?" <laughs> like, do you know where I? My, where's my hotel? Um, so the store, the stores are bizarre because you got all this high end shit, you know. And it's like you know, you walk in and you look, and it's like you know, it's AF. $70 for a t-shirt and it doesn't even say heterodox on it. We should yeah. sell our t-shirt there. Yeah. <laughs> They'll exactly. just buy it because people are stoned yeah, yeah. and they're tourists. Three, $3 t-shirt and they're tourists and we'll just sell these fucking things. <laughs> but there are so many people that are walking around you realize uh, maybe not as, you know, as, as severe as what you said as far as how they ended up here but you look around at a lot of the people that are you can tell are the are the townies and jeez uh, it's just uh, I feel bad for them. It's like and, and and the people that are coming to the United States for the first time, and they decide they're going to go to Vegas for the mm -hmm. first. That's that's the first place you're going to land. I feel sorry for them too, because not that there's not a lot to see and do here, because there is. Sure, but it's nothing like the rest of America. You know what? <laughs> when I was recently telling this to someone, um, when you know my ex-wife and I lived in London, this was back in um, late 2002. Early to, to late 2001, early 2002. Now, you know, it was right after September 11th. It was, we moved there in October 2001. We had lived across the street from the world. I told that story, you know, the World Trade Center, the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and my ex wife was working full time, working in the city. It was, a, we were living in central London on Charing Cross Road by Trafalgar Square, which is like across from the Hippodrome, like this club. And you're like, right, it, it's like living in the middle of Times Square and the West Village, like the worst parts of it. And, and we would go out to eat, and there were a lot of young people, I guess people that were younger than us, but would be sort of the millennial Gen X cusp. You know, we were in our, sure. we were about 29, and they were in their early 20s mostly. And we would be out and we would overhear. There was this place called Wagamama, like a noodle shop. And it was like cafeteria style. And we'd be sitting down. And I remember my ex-wife used to get really bent out of shape when she would hear people talk negatively about the United States. And so when you'd get, when we were in a London taxi, a giant London taxi, you'd have like these older guys that remember World War II. And America's sure. great, right? Because yeah. we saved the world, right? So that's who we still are, right? So they're very compassionate and appreciate America and who we are. These young kids were talking about how terrible it is and the people are awful. And I said, well, yeah, they said that. But did you hear the two places that they visited when they were in the United States? Washington, D.C., <laughs> and Las Vegas, right? So it's where all the politicians are and all awful homeless and crime and yeah. las vegas like if yeah. these th these two places are not necessarily representative 
uh, you know, they don't represent the entire country and what people are really like in a community, regardless of what the politics of the community are. Most people just, they go to work, they pay their bills, they take care of their family, they're, you know, they may see things differently, but Vegas is so extreme. You know, it's like being in New York City and thinking everyone's rude or this is the thing. It's like, it's not really what it is. No. And yeah, so you've got uh, one place being a, a gambling mecca full of bad people and then there's Las Vegas. So (laughs) (laughs) then they visit those two places. Yeah, there was a few, uh, I overheard a couple Brits uh, talking about uh, being, this is the first first visit for them and uh, they just went straight to Las Vegas and I heard some other people kind of overheard some conversations as you walk around and kind of listen to people. But uh, we we went, we ate at uh, Guy Ferreri's. Oh God, God. I just, I I used to see him when I went out to a bar in the meatpacking district in New York City. Right. He seems like an okay guy, but it's just like that persona seems to be his external persona. He's out, he's drinking, he's got those sunglasses on the back of his head, whatever. I mean, it's uh, his his Times Square restaurant shut down. I forgot what it was called, but um, have you ever read the the review of his Times Square restaurant? The New York Times review? I haven't. One of the best things ever. I mean, you know, I barely use Twitter, but it should be tweeted out. It's still, it's a scathing review. He is not liked in that world. Anthony Bourdain, I don't think, likes anything about his (laughs) restaurants or him. And Anthony Bourdain Uh, is not afraid to say whatever the fuck he wants about anyone. And uh, Guy Ferry just seems like a decent dude who just likes diners and drinking and hanging and sort of (laughs) making money. Who doesn't? Yeah, he's you know he's right on the strip with his place. It's in the the uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that place that it's in. Anyway, how was it? Uh, it was yeah, it was okay. The people that uh, I work with have gone there traditionally, uh, and uh, you know it's it's decent. It's it's not great. It's more of a pub grub kind of place. And so I did have a um, the 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 uh, waiter uh, without uh, having to ask him. He he offered his favorites, uh, and uh, one of them that was this uh, steak sandwich thing, which uh, old school steak sandwich, which actually was really good. Whatever they had mm-hmm. done to uh, to get the meat to be tender, it was uh, pretty outstanding. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a forty dollar lunch, and uh, you know, so it's 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 about what you expect. It it wasn't. Uh, wasn't fantastic. If Anthony Bourdain had a restaurant somewhere on the strip, I would probably be. You would I'd, favor that. I'd, yeah, you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd go well, there first. You just said, you said the meat was tender, and I thought to myself, "This is the guy that served that. Is he the meat tender?" It's just, that sounds that sounds like something at a gay club. You know? You're like, "Hi, I'm your meat tender for the evening. Oh, fantastic! Are you going to tend to my meat? Um, are, you, are you are you heterodox? <laughs> By the way, I'm going to wear. We should have T-shirts made, and one should be uh, unbecoming of age meat tender. And then there, you said something back there when you were telling the uh, homeless story about not giving the guy money. It's like yeah. unbecoming of age. You said pull out the wad, and I'm like, well, but we're heterodox. <laughs> we, it's not what you would expect, and you think it's sexual. We think don't." Don't pull out the wad, you know, you know to let, be like, I don't even know what that means, but we need to make t-shirts that will become a meme and, and affect the next election in some fucking weird way, even though it was a dumb podcast joke that nobody even understand understood, not even us. I think if we could get, yeah, uh, actually when I said, uh, pull out the wad, I heard you kind of go, Oh, no, it was, I was reacting. Like it was like, you see, this is. I want to get better at listening, but at the same time, the minute you, I, I get so caught on that expression, pull out the wad. It's just like, what's the, I knew exactly what you meant because it was a callback to something else that I listened to, but I don't remember the context and I knew what it was. And recently I had a client pull out the wad 
Well, maybe that's what it was. Was it when the guy gave me the fifty dollars tip when he had the big? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was, but I don't know. I didn't listen to the last episode. I, you know what? I can't listen to our show because of fucking my yawning. It's ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like the production value. Be speaking of which, that Joseph Corbett guy, uh, ner- at nerd from Joeware, J O W H E R E. He, um, he. I listened to his podcast. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. the nerds from nowhere, right? And and. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I'm. I, I'm guessing that he's in his 30s. Um, very. It's. It's very. Um, it's just a geek centric nerd show, and I sure. think that the guy's just an earnest, nice guy, right? Superficially, he and his partner sound like earnest, nice guys. Each episode appears. I think there are about six or seven in, and it appears that it seems that it's just nerd culture. Right. And uh, you know, like their their logo is like a like sixteen bit. I'm gonna mess this up, and I'm wrong probably. Sixteen bit graphic kind of design of of like him and like his little profile pic avatar is that, yeah. and and then and they even have a Kickstarter. They have a Kickstarter because they want to get better equipment. You know, okay. and so so I think he was maybe maybe geeking out on sort of the production quality okay. and sort of maybe he might have been doing some a similar thing that we were doing like doing some research podcasts you don't know like hey just regular guys just like us sort of but really nerdy okay you know, so yeah i mean well i don't know well yeah i, I didn't listen I, I didn't really mean to necessarily make fun of him or anything but uh, oh i did i, I did <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> See, because I'm sitting here in the living room. If the fucking mailman or UPS guy comes and rings the bell, guess what? I'm going to be like, Colin, someone's at the door. And it's like, you just fill the space while I fucking answer the door. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We're not going to edit that out. That's unprofessional. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's it unprofessional? I, I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that kills me when I see these guys that are, are doing uh, uh, a lot of editing. And I, you know, I just figure if, if something, somebody yawns or, or whatever, you know, there's a lot of these shows that go on and a lot of people bring up Joe Rogan as an example. He throws out a three hour show and there's no editing. I, I, yeah. I think that's part of the, the, uh, to me, the, the thing. Tr- Charm podcast, yeah, that I like. Now I do like. You know, and we've talked a lot about the NPR, uh, you know, thing that they do, and they do it really fucking well. But if you listen to an NPR podcast, really listen to what's going on in the back end. There are, you know, the musical nuances, the, the oh little, shit, uh, so much know, production. Yeah, transitions and all the stuff that they do—it's brilliant. But they've got a big fucking staff doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do—they're they're doing all all day long, every you know, every day of the week. Uh, so you know, that's fine. But so yeah, we we're not gonna—we're just not gonna fucking edit because we're too uh, heterodoxical. That's, just, uh, <laughs> that's right. So the other thing this weekend—I um, I don't recall if I told you—I may have sent you a text about it, but it was on the Saturday, the the morning that I woke up at one a.m. And my daughter called me homeless. We went into Flushing, Queens to an Asian mall, right? And we went to this Chinese restaurant called Mulan. And it was this, It was on the second floor of the mall. We parked in the basement, like ground floor or basement. And uh, valet parking, they validate your parking for three hours. Then after that, it's $4 an hour cash. I think it might be prorated. I'm not really sure. We go up. And this was for my nephew, um, my nephew's three-month-old par- party, but it's for the hundred-day celebration. Okay, and uh, okay. so it's something in the Chinese culture. I don't know much about it. Uh, there's like a thirty-day or a hundred-day, and my you know forty-three-year-old sister was not having a big party thirty days in. 
So I just thought it was going to be the dad's family and my immediate family. So my children, my ex-wife, my mother, my father, my sister, the dad, you know, her boyfriend, the dad, the baby, and his immediate family and maybe some extended family. We went into there's you walk into the place, there's someone with a table, there's a giant wedding going on, and then they have these little satellite rooms, these little breakout rooms. We had three of those breakout rooms with big round tables with eight to ten seats around them, and there had to be like sixty-five people in there. And you know, my immediate family, we were the only Americans. Everyone else was Chinese, but not like like full on off the boat Chinese. Many of them, not his friends, like the 20-somethings, like the 29, 30-year-old friends of his, the father, they were Americanized a little bit, you know. But for the most part, I think any of those kids were first-generation or Chinese immigrants, came here when they were young. And we were sitting right in the center. So even the like the Chinese family and friends that came in, they walk in and they see just a bunch of white people at a table, and they walked away thinking they were in the wrong room, right? So it was a complete ch- culture shock. I'm exhausted. I'm like, and uh, the, the cra- table's crowded, and it's got, like, beer on the table, wine on the table, um, these little sesame balls that were, like, a dessert, so they're covered in sesame, and then you bite into it. It's, like, kind of doughy, and then there's, like, a sweet paste inside of it, and then, like, these yeah. tiny little almond cookies. They're actually delicious. Yeah. Okay. And so... Kylie, she's like, what's that? And I said, oh, the, the little sesame thing. You, you, you want some? And then I spun the Lazy Susan. You know what a Lazy Susan is, right? Sure, the center thing. Center, a circular thing on the table that you don't have to get up to pass something across the table. You spin it around. You know, I want. This. So I spin it around. I said, yeah, it's Lazy Susan. And then she didn't really hear me right. And she's like, so wait, it's a Fat Susan? And then she eats the sesame. So I, no, no, no. I said a lazy Susan. And I kind of laughed about that because lazy Susan doesn't sound like fat Susan, but I could see in your brain it becoming fat Susan. Sure. And then, which I like better. And then just because there's some woman named Susan. And it's like, hey, that's fat Susan. So then I look at her and, she, and doesn't register with her like what the thing was. And later on, I referenced the lazy Susan again. And she's like, oh, that's the lazy Susan? I thought the sesame bowl was the fat Susan. I'm like, no. So she's a little slow on the take sometimes. So then I thought to myself, Kylie, do you know, I asked her, do you know what a dumb waiter is? (laughs) And she looks at me Uh, with this blank stare and she raises her eyebrows and she's like, and she kind of shrugs her shoulders and then she looks toward me and she gestures, like tilts her head up over my shoulder and points with her eyebrows and her chin to the waiter standing behind me. <laughs> I just started I started laughing out loud and then I immediately told my sister the story and then she's like, shh, don't say, don't, no, 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 they're right there. I was like, come on. And then I explained to her that a dumb waiter is like a waiter for food, you know, the kitchens in the basement. And, that. and, yeah. and it, it, it got me thinking like, I want to come up with a list of things that my children wouldn't know and get their response it's kind of funny like and there yeah i think there are lots of things like that because uh i can't give you the exact example but i know with like tori especially there's things like that that come along and she looks at you like 
what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, the lazy Susan, you know, and they, and they realize, okay, this is not in the nomenclature. This is not a part of their repertoire. They, they just, uh, yeah, they, and that, I guess that's the, okay, that's why a dad is there to the, at one point they're going to make us feel like we're the most insignificant person in the world, but we realize <laughs> we're, we're as important as can be just because we're, we're dropping these little nuggets. These <laughs> I know what a dumb, dumb waiter is. Like how often do you come across or use a dumb waiter, you know, but um, I mean, although, you know, my friend who lives in a very large house in Greenwich, Connecticut, his house might have a dumb waiter and then we'll go there and she'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then she, kids can go down and endless hours of fun playing with a dumb yeah. waiter. Probably not. Food, ele- food elevator. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's, let's see what else we can put on this and, thing. Yeah. And then the, the other thing, so my, my sister is, um, it's not that she's a doting mom, but she loves her child and she's like very, she posts on Facebook all the time. Like it's like way too much, um, too many pictures of the kid, you know, and, uh, and she, um, when when the grandfather, the Chinese grandfather, my dad's not Chinese. Um, when the, he might be, but I don't look Asian. And if it's true, then I don't know. But but the Chinese grandfather, he's in his fifties. He's a hairdresser. I think he's a bit of a, a smoker, cigarette smoker, a lot actually. So his teeth are a little like yeah. crooked, a little yellow, whatever. He's like kind of tall, maybe like maybe like six foot. You know, um, and he's got his head shaved on on each side, on the right and on the left, and then he's got this straight strip of hair right down the middle, like this like long straight mohawk that he kind of wears in like sort of like a little man bun kind of thing. He looks like he's like almost like a professional wrestling manager, kind of. Right, right, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. And and he had his reading glasses on his forehead, and he's wearing like this like chunky white like turtleneck and he's got a big smile and he's real friendly and he's and he and he when he when he picks up the baby he holds the baby in his two palms outward as though the baby kind of like the baboon in uh the lion king you know like i can't do that thing and and he holds it up and he like and he brings it around to all the family and friends and he walks up to their back and he kind of props them up on their shoulders as though the baby's about to sit on the shoulders and my sister just looks at him and she's just like she's like wincing and she's like no and she turns to bun the the father and says like make him stop make him stop and 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 the husband the father the boyfriend whatever he he will not translate for us I don't know if he's lazy. He doesn't give a shit. He thinks it's funny. And it's like so frustrating for us because you'd be like, even if he does translate, I don't think he's translating correctly. And I don't want to even know what he's telling them. I just feel like they're all making fun of us, which may or may not be true. But, you know, so anyway, so holding the baby up. So, okay, so I, I every time he picks up the baby, I see her like, like she went over once and actually stopped him from doing it. Like, no, don't do that. And so at the end of the night, Everyone's kind of tired. The thing went on from like 6 o'clock until like 10, 30, 11. And I was exhausted. I had another like early morning pickup at like 7 o'clock. And it's going to take me an hour and a half to drive home from Queens. So she wants someone to hold a baby because she wants to eat a little more. And she asks Kylie. Kylie's busy. My mom's busy. Someone else is busy. I said, Jen, I'll hold the baby. I want to hold the baby. Like I never get, she's like, Oh, I forgot about you. So I have the baby who's sleeping on my shoulder. Right. And, and it's great. I'm just, now it's like, I'm in like a happier, calm place. And then I noticed that all of the Chinese relatives and friends are leaving 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know how often they're going to get to see the baby. So I looked over at my sister. I said, I know he's sleeping, but everyone's leaving. I think we should have an opportunity that for them to say goodbye. So I get up. And it's a crowded room with these circular tables, not a lot of floor space. And I kind of navigate through to the the exit to these this little, little private dining room, and and I'm sitting standing right next to the the aunt, which would be the equivalent to my sister's sister in law, the father's sister. And uh, she's very nice, speaks really well. She translates, she's very friendly. She's a, a flight attendant on Cathay Pacific, one of the airlines you know asian airlines and i turn my back like to the left and there's an open door right behind me and it appears that i hit the baby's head on the door so the you know paternal grandmother sees this and she freaks out And then the daughter is assuring her that the baby didn't hit the head. My dad thought the baby hit the head. My sister was at an angle where she saw that the baby did not hit his head. And I'm standing there with the fucking baby. And the grandmother, like I hand the baby over to the grandmother. And I sink inside and I think to myself, oh my God. That grandmother looked at me the same way my sister looks at at her husband, the grandfather, she looked at me that way. Like, and now it's like anytime I'm around them, I'm convinced that if, if I'm holding the baby, I can't hold the baby in peace because that grandmother, that Chinese grandmother is going to come and protect her grandchild from me, yeah, the evil, yeah. homeless fucking guy who's a little bit off. I think, I think what you got going on here, it's a dynamic as you were talking about the tension back and forth between the two cultures. To me, there's kind of like a uh, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan sort of thing going on here. It's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the Chris Tucker here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll be like, yo, that's my baby. I'm going to hold the baby. I'll hit the baby's head wherever the fuck I want to. That is the worst Chris Tucker impression ever. It's kind of offensive even, I think. that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch... Ah. <laughs> oh.